Hello and welcome to this week's episode of What Happened for August 12th, 2018. I'm your host Tyler Callahan and again this week we have stories in all three sections of games, movies, and tech. We have a lot in tech to get through today so first off let's go through games. In games, Valve is testing their version of Twitch. In an accidental leak, apparently Valve is testing their own version of live streaming called Stream.TV. Accidentally being shared online, the service was showing a stream of Dota 2, but that was about it. If you were able to log in with your Steam account before it was pulled down, you could see your group chats and a list of your friends, but you were not able to stream your own game. In a comment to The Verge, Valve explained what happened. Quote, We are working on updating Steam broadcasting for the main event of the International, Dota 2's annual tournament. What people saw was a test feed that was inadvertently made public, end quote. The Invitational is one of the biggest eSport tournaments in the world, with a prize pool of around $24 million, so it would make sense that they were testing it to make sure it works. I'm not surprised that Valve was working on this, and it makes sense, as from last week with Discord te uh, testing their own store, Valve needs to diversify. As the biggest online store for PC games, the company itself has been laid back for years, doing nothing, including not making any games at all, besides maintaining Dota 2 and now making a card game. Meanwhile, Twitch has blown up and is now run by Amazon, and in second and third places, Facebook Live and YouTube Gaming, and then Mixer ran by Microsoft. Everyone big in gaming is getting into the streaming business. Along with this, gaming publishers have started to invest in their own launchers as well to sell and run their games. Most notably now, Activision with Destiny 2, they're putting on the Blizzard one, and now Bethesda holding back Fallout 76 for their own launcher as well. What I'm trying to say here is that the PC gaming market has grown a lot in the past few years, and is in the middle of changing, with Valve sitting here and not really doing much. Having their own streaming service integrated into Steam is a smart move, but it depends on how many features are in it. If it is a bare-bones service, then you might not as well have one to begin with, because you need to convince streamers to move over to your platform. The big ones like Dr. Disrespect have the power here because they have the audience. Also, for them, this is their income. If they move over and no one's watching, they get no money. So, they're not going to move over, you need to entice them. So I guess what we'll have to wait and see what Valve does, and I hope they do well, because I want them to. More competition is always good. Moving over to movies. MoviePass changes plans again and again and again. So it's the middle of the month, and MoviePass's new plan is now in effect, which if you don't know, since they have changed it like five times in the past month, I'll go over it. It is now still $10 per month, and you can see three movies per month, and any ticket afterward, there will be a discount of up to $5 for it. Along with that, there is no more peak pricing and having to do ticket verification. However, it couldn't be that simple, as they added one more catch. Not all movies will be available at the same time. Each day there will be between two to six movies for you to see. These movies will be picked by MoviePass. So I can tell you from first-hand experience that this is usually two to three movies, not six. And for me anyway, the experience have been, has been very annoying, especially since they still have the rule that you can only see one movie once. So if you see a bunch of movies, and next week there's not really any new movies out and they do a repeat you already watched them well i guess you're not going to the movies but movie pass that week are you this past weekend my girlfriend and i wanted to see christopher robin and movie pass only had it for that friday and we weren't able to make it so we had to go pay for the ticket ourselves on sunday i knew this great ten dollars per month and watch all the movies you want one movie per day wouldn't last but movie pass's behavior and trying to keep their business afloat is erratic and is making a lot of customers unhappy Work out the math, change, out the, change the plan, and stick with it. All these changes is making it a bad situation for everyone, and at this point, it's like they want people to cancel. Now, moving over to tech. T-Mobile is offering a free year of Pandora Plus. 
Now that I've been doing the podcast more weekly, I'm beginning to notice that a lot of stories cause other stories to happen in a way. The first example being that last week Discord was testing their, to sell their own games, and now Valve is testing live streaming with Steam. Another example was last week Verizon was offering 6 months free of Apple Music, and now this week T-Mobile is giving away Pandora Plus free for a year. That is right, our next story here is this new T-Mobile deal, and it will be available for T-Mobile customers through the T-Mobile Tuesday app on August 21st. Which I kind of realized will not be that useful, since this episode will probably be out the day after. So, if you grabbed it, good for you. Okay, besides that, if you are into concerts, T-Mobile is also entering a partnership with Live Nation, making them VIP members. This includes perks such as early access to tickets and access to a fast pass lane to get into shows quicker. Also, before we move on from T-Mobile, there was one other piece of news, but it's more of a rumor. According to CNET, T-Mobile will be the first U.S. carrier to sell OnePlus with the release of the OnePlus 6T. However, CNET has said that this deal still needs approval, so it may not happen, but if it does, we could see it as soon as October, the rumored launch month of the OnePlus 6T. I think this is a good move by both T-Mobile and OnePlus. For T-Mobile, it will allow them to offer a new phone that for most people in America will be considered exclusive to them because they don't go online and buy unlocked phones. For OnePlus, it allows them more brand awareness in America, which could easily lead to more sales. I personally like this move because while there has been some pushback from the US government on Chinese companies and devices, I do want to see more Chinese phones in America from the likes of Huawei, Vivo, and Oppo. These companies do offer now some of the more unique phones. Vivo has a smartphone now with the fingerprint reader built into the screen, and Oppo just came out with a phone with a pop-up camera that you slide up. These are interesting phones that people in the US cannot get easy access to, and I do hope it changes. Amazon is developing a live TV recorder. According to sources talking to Bloomberg, Amazon is working on a new device that will record live TV, much like TiVo. The sources said that its codename is Frank and will have storage built in and the device will connect to your Fire TV. The idea behind the device is that you can record live TV with the device and then stream it to your other devices such as your smartphone. However, Amazon has not made the decision yet on whether or not that feature will be in the device when it's released. Along with this new DVR, Amazon is also working on a newer version of their very popular Fire TV stick with updated software. The sources have not mentioned when we should expect these new devices to be released. If you're asking for my opinion, I feel the Fire Stick, the, the Fire TV stick, will probably be updated and announced before the holidays. Having worked at Target, specifically in the electronics department, we sell a shit ton of Fire TV sticks. Some of them use it just straight plug it in, it's easy, simple. A lot of them also use it for jailbreaking put on Kodi and stuff like that. So the product itself is very popular. If Amazon was smart, update with new software, release it September, October, right before Black Friday, Thanksgiving, all that sales, they'll rake in a lot. DVR, they could release it for the holidays, like a nice new gadget. If not, I would assume first quarter 2019. Okay, we are going into the last story of the episode, and I kept it to last because it's the biggest, and possibly, no, sorry, it is the most important story this week. Internal protest at Google over moving back into the Chinese market. After the recent news of Google possibly building a search and news app for the Chinese market, complying to all censorship rules, employees have not been happy about it. First, there was a letter signed by 1,400 Google employees expressing concern over this and that if it is true that Google would follow China's censorship rules would, quote, raise urgent moral and ethical issues, end quote. Besides this, the letter included some demands, such as the employees having more of a say in what is being made and have upper end management be more transparent. Quote, we urgently need more transparency, a seat at the table, and a commitment to clear and open process. Google employees need to know what we're building. End quote. 
Then at a weekly meeting, employees kept asking about the search app and the ethics of Google with questions such as if Google has lost its ethic compass and what information would the Chinese government want to ban. CEO Sundar Pichai responded somewhat to these questions, saying that, quote, If we were to do our mission well, we are to think seriously about how to do more in China. And, that said, we are not close to launching a search product in China, end quote. The meeting took a wrong turn, however, because in the weekly meeting, there is usually a screen of tweets and messages coming in, and as the meeting progressed, the responses from the executives started to come in and pop up on the screen. Someone was leaking this out, and apparently it was to a journalist at the New York Times. As this went on, apparently an employee stood up to the microphone, and instead of asking a question, said, fuck you. Not to the executives, though, but to the employee talking to a reporter at the meeting. If you want to read more about it, read the New York Times report on it. You'll get a better understanding of what's happening. So to go into my thoughts about this, I'm actually surprised. When this was talked about a few weeks ago, I heard there would be pushback. But I laughed it off because so what? It's Google. Oh, their motto, do no evil? They took that off a few years ago. But apparently this is a sensitive issue for people, especially Google employees. I guess because they feel if they do band together, they can stop Google from entering back into the Chinese market and not bow to the government demands. I mean, I guess good for them. Like, I'm a bit more of a cynical person. So when I first heard about the search app and Google building it to the demands of what China wants, I was like, okay, what's next? Like, I assume you can't stop it. So I became more interested in, okay, how is Google going to do this? How is Google going to enter the market? And would it work out? But now, with all this pushback, especially internally, I am now also really curious about how Google will present this search app. Because they will present it at some point. Unless they received massive, massive pushback from public and private, they will at least announce it. They will announce it, they will show it off. And again, this is all provided if the Chinese government approves it. If they do not approve the app, nothing happens. But we'll see. So that's about it for this week's episode of What Happened. Thank you for listening. Hope to see you next time.